Before we jump into today's episode, we want to talk to you about Internet Church. Rich, what is Internet Church? Oh, it's only the best internet gathering this side of the Kailua River. Is the Kailua River a thing? Maybe we should start over. <laughs> let's let's do it again. Ask me again. <laughs> no, let's leave it in. Now no, no, let's talk about Internet Church. Uh, internet Church. Actually, it's a thing we do every other Friday night where we all gather together, uh, encourage the saints in truth. It's uplifting. It's edifying. It's just a time to gather for about an hour on a Friday night or day, depending what part of the world you're in, just to be encouraged by the saints. You you think you would like something like that? Is the Pope Catholic? Uh, you bet your sweet bippy the Pope is Catholic. And uh, Justin, Internet Church is all about gospel freedom. It's good. I'm trying to think of the follow-up question. <laughs> oh, I'm like, man, this thing is lagging. Uh, all right. If No. Absolutely love it. So if you were going to... No. What are we going for? Are we trying to be funny or are we trying to be serious? I don't know. I I mean, whatever. I, we're trying to let people know that... Oh, <laughs> I'm not as gifted as you are in this department, my friend. So join us every other Friday night, 8 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. If you are international and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the Internet Church Circle to your calendar. Welcome back to The Move, where we're vibrant through the book 10 minutes at a time. I'm your host, Justin Koo, and in today's episode, we're talking about that time in the Bible where Abram trades his wife for a couple of donkeys and camels. If you're wondering, what in the world am I talking about? We're looking at Genesis chapter 12, verses 10 through 20. My guest, of course, is the one and the only Jonathan Leonardo. He's still a pastor, but I won't say that because, you know, he always rolls his eyes when I call him pastor, Jonathan Leonardo. Um, it's just so silly, man. I work as a pastor now, and I don't even think of myself like... It's like, what do you do? Oh, I work at the church. Well, what do you really do? Like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Does it start to like kill and deteriorate conversations now? Um, it's it's funny how unapologetic I am about it. I, and I'm sure this is a consequence of the gospel, and maybe just getting older. Whereas a younger man, you know, you were I was, ashamed of being a pastor. Yeah, and like before gospel, I was never a public speaker. I was never a preacher. I was always a public speaker. Oh, I'm an I'm an international speaker. Yeah, I'm an international public speaker. Oh, what's the content? Oh, you know, like uh, leadership and <laughs> wholeness and mental and emotional health. You know, that was the that was the play before. Now it's just yeah. If I'm sitting in the airport, oh, what do you do? I'm a pastor. And how does that land compared to the previous job description? Oh, it's funny because people are like, oh, before, you know, people were really interested. Oh, what do you do? I'm a public speaker. You're a public speaker? Because that's what I was, right? Sure. A traveling I mean, of course. You know, I got paid to speak. Like, I'm a public speaker. Like, oh, man. Like, you pay the, you know, like you pay the bills? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's uh there's a there's a correlation there I've never articulated but um you know I've been doing the YouTube thing for long enough and you know my default answer isn't like I'm I'm a faith Christian YouTuber or anything but like, yeah I'm a I'm a full-time content creator I make YouTube videos and podcasts and and usually that goes over real well with strangers yeah. on the airplane They're like wow really you can do make a living doing that yeah. and then so what kind of content do you make dang it <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah like I make I make content as a Christian 
Uh, yeah. I mean, Christian content. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And it is, it's interesting because do you make Christian content? I guess that's a whole another conversation. A whole, whole another episode. You make con- uh, you certainly make content as a Christian. I do, I do. There, there, that, I mean, this kind of microcosm is actually an insight to our story today of Abram visiting Egypt, right? Yeah. Uh, he and his family in the last chapter, in the last episode, were called by the voices in Abram's head, <laughs> which he believed to be the voice of God. And they this- went out and they're going out on this adventure now i don't know how you finished in the last episode but he heard the voices and processed them through his head yeah right? <laughs> well the the episode title was uh the voices in my head told me to do it. Sure, so that's sure, why sure. i'm saying it in yeah. that way but yes yeah. yes yes so uh now he's in egypt and some really peculiar things happen it's, yeah. it's almost as though that and this is maybe just to tie it to our stories that we just shared right yeah. Uh, Abram's uh, ashamed of his wife. That's sure. clearly not what's happening. No. It's actually kind of the opposite. His wife's yeah. apparently a, a catch, even in her advanced age, what we would feel like is advanced age. Shit. She's she's a catch. Yeah. Um, it makes me think of when I asked Emily's father for permission to take things very seriously with, with her. His first question was, okay, how many cows are you going to give me for her? <laughs> Really cool. And that's that's the inspiration for the title is, you know, Abram is like, it talks about how he, he basically traded his wife. And yeah. the result was that, you know, he got a couple servants, he got some cows, he got some donkeys. Yeah. And I guess the question is, is, you know, if you're going to think of trading in your wife, how many donkeys do you need to get before you're like, that's the price point? Well, you got to be really careful because it didn't end up so high for Abram. No, um, it didn't. <laughs> you know, so he goes down there and mm-hmm. what does he say? Like in verse, we're reading in verse chapter 12. Verse 11, I know that you're a beautiful woman in appearance. And when the Egyptians see you, they'll say, this is his wife. Then they'll kill me, but they'll let you live. So say you're my sister, which isn't a lie. She was his half sister, right? Um, The Egyptians see her. They're super beautiful. And for her sake, uh, the Pharaoh deals well with Abram, gives him donkeys, male servants, female servants, female donkeys and camels. Now, Here's what's really fascinating to me. Two things I want to highlight in this passage. That it says male donkeys and female donkeys. I know. Why is What's the reason for that? No, not only male and female <laughs> donkeys, right? Um, but that God is on the side of Abraham, even in the midst of Abraham's strategery, hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Abraham strategizes at the expense of his wife, at the expense of the promise that God has given him in yeah. the previous chapter. And yet God doesn't show up and chastise Abram, Hmm. right? Okay. He shows up and chastises Pharaoh. Which is really interesting because Pharaoh didn't do nothing wrong. Pharaoh didn't do anything wrong except that he actually is going against the will of God for Abram. Well, uh, I guess he didn't intentionally do anything wrong. Sure. He's doing something wrong in the sense that, yep. yeah, he, he may have the opportunity to thwart the plans of God, but it's not like he didn't intentionally go into yeah. that. Now, it's also very interesting to note that in this time and place, the Pharaoh is considered a God and probably is attributed the gift of divination, hmm. right? Where mm-hmm. he can divine the things of the supernatural realm. So would he actually have a master's of divinity? He would have had a master's of divinity from the University of Osiris. There you go. Know, right? <laughs> or, but the fact that the text just assumes that the same voices that Abraham heard in Abram heard in the <laughs> Egypt or not uh, Pharaoh was hearing the same thing. See, it's the same thing. Well, I mean, it actually is the absolute same voice. Same voice. Wow. And he responds in faith and in kind and he's obedient. 
huh. to what he's actually presented with. He's like, God, you know, I wow. hey, and it's not as though Pharaoh's surprised, right? Right? He's like, oh, oh, he's like, hey, yeah, of course. Yeah, he's not like, who is this speaking to me? Who is this voice? That, right? You know, for him, it's an gets, everyday occurrence. It for feels him, like it's something he completely like. Oh, okay, okay, right. So this is so contrary to the way that we think of pagan people or the, the way that we think of those who are not part of yeah. our fill in the blank, whether that's our, our, our local church or denomination or Christianity in general. It reminds me of my good friend Chico. Yeah. Brother out there in Peru, hanging out with a shaman, doing ayahuasca, hallucinogenics, having astral, like out of body moments. And now there's this voice that says, I'm the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. Like, and he's hearing the voice clearly. It's like, wow. Right. I love that. I'm and, tell, I got to make sure Chico watches this. Episode. And two things <laughs> to note here is that one, in our Christianized ethics-based religiosity, in our Christianized ethics-based religiosity, I'll say that one more time. In our Christianized ethics-based religiosity, we would default assume that the person to be corrected is Abram because he lied. Hmm. Yeah. But the person that God actually corrects is Pharaoh. Okay, so in Christianity, there's a what well, I'm, I'm trying to interpret what you're saying in case someone's uh, trying to catch up with us. Sure, and also to make sure I'm on the same page as you in, in Christianity, and at least in in the way that it's expressed in the circles that we grew up, there's a heavy emphasis on doing right versus doing wrong. And mm-hmm. so when we see a story of someone who's under the banner of of Yahweh who does something wrong, we think that that's who we should immediately deal with. And yet God seemingly passes over abram in this moment and talks to the pagan guy who's maybe thinks he is or like or at least thinks he is the god because the story is not about abram's behavior the Hmm. story is about god's plan for the world through abraham Hmm. right yeah the story's not about abram's behavior it's about god's plan for the world through abraham and abram has to exist and he has to play this pivotal role because from him will come the seed Wow. Right. And there's a greater context as to why. And if we go back to Genesis one through 11, the 70 nations that existed all compromised themselves in the eyes of God. They all fell. They all went their separate ways. Genesis 11, Babylon. So in Genesis 12, he calls one man and he doesn't call a man who is uh, got it all together. (laughs) Got it all together. He doesn't call a man who inherits some sort of promise via the flesh sure. this is in the court of the flesh this is just god speaking to one man and this man responds and god's like i have to work with this this, this is what i have <laughs> right Cute. i have to work with this person that's actually willing to listen to me huh. and is willing to do what i say huh. yeah he's got his foibles and stuff we're gonna work that out but he's the one that's actually willing to do what i say hmm. so that what i intend to accomplish on behalf of humanity hmm. can actually come through so when we distill this story of God and his salvific purposes through the seed of Abraham, i.e. Jesus, for the universe into Christianized ethical religion. We missed the point. We missed the point. And I'm not saying that I'm not promoting bad behavior. Right. Of course. I'm just saying like, yo, your behavior is not the point. Right. Like God is not doing all of this so that then you can act right. Hmm. Like God is doing all this so that he can bring life from the clutches of death. Or better yet, that he can bring life through the yeah, depth of yeah, death. Yeah. And he needs Abraham. This is his partner in the world. Abram's like the new Adam mm-hmm. in these in this very way, right? Sure. He's the new man that's picked. And Sarai, she's like the new Eve, right? In order to and this will come into play in Genesis 16. I don't know who you're gonna have in Genesis 16, 
But if they don't bring this to bear about how Adam and Eve, <laughs> I'm gonna have to go to the spreadsheet. Make sure 16, you get to sixteen. Make sure you get this right. <laughs> All right. And if not, I'll rehearse it with you later. But this is what's going on. So when God shows up, I mean, this whole narrative is so counterintuitive to our ethical expectation of what this God ought to do. Right. Yeah. No, he does this whole other thing. And then what's really interesting, the second thing to note is that um, after he corrects Pharaoh. Pharaoh corrects Abram. (laughs) So that's where the correction comes through. Which is so interesting. Like, I mean, I I think it's already miraculous and incredible of the narrative that God talks to Pharaoh and Pharaoh's like, oh, my bad. Like, I didn't mean anything by it. I didn't mean to step on your toes, buddy. Um, But then God is seemingly silent to Abram and it's now Pharaoh who speaks on behalf of God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, this this reoccurs over and over in Scripture where Mm. the unexpected are the ones that speak on the behalf of God. Yeah. Right. The unexpected people are the ones that are actually standing up for Yahweh and his cause. It's it's like the parable of the Good Samaritan. Yeah. Uh, this is an ethnic and religious group that's kind of outcast. Mm-hmm. They're, I don't know, maybe terrorists in the eyes of the of, of the Jewish nation. And yet Jesus tells the controversial story that they're the ones they're in the, the right. Ones. That there's a, they're the ones that are doing things faithfully. Yeah. Think about uh, Nineveh mm. when they respond. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Think about um yeah Samaria Samaria when they respond to Jesus. Think about the people that Jesus actually includes into his uh cohort of twelve. Right. right? Yeah. And this is a theme that goes over and over. This is why the whole biblical the theme of the whole Bible everything that you're gonna find in the rest of the book is in Genesis. Hmm. Right. Uh, one more thing okay. maybe we can highlight in Genesis 12, and it's that that male and female donkey bit. <laughs> okay, that you yeah, highlighted. Just, great. Just go a little past that. Okay, there was male the female. the male female donkeys. There and was, then what else? Uh, well, first you male. have oxen, male donkeys, and right in between male donkeys and female donkeys, what do you have? Male servants, female servants. Okay, so I was making a joke, but there's actually something here. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't want to steal somebody else's thunder, except I'm about to. Okay, go, go for to, it. Go to Genesis. Um. Go to Genesis uh, 16 and just read the first verse. So now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. She had a female what? Female servant. What kind of servant? Egyptian servant. Where did Sarai get an Egyptian servant? Wow. From Pharaoh, I'm going to assume. So how do you think Abraham's uh, sin Uh gets disciplined and corrected? Jeez. Or how does it how does it I mean, bear it sh- out? It clearly shows up and it's not good. Exactly. Hmm. Like, I'm gonna deal with Abram because the choices that he made are gonna lead down this path that That's so interesting. should not be the case. And yet I'll remain faithful to my cause, Pharaoh. So you let him go. I, I think it's so cool that God is still faithful, right? Like he he still is gonna deliver the child of promise, like he's still gonna come through on his side of the deal. And I I also think it's cool that justice is served in, in, in this in this interesting, weird, kind of contextually important way that when the men or the women of God step outside of the bounds of their calling, it's not as though that they're just immune to the nah. to the consequences. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Right, because we, we, we get the sense. And I know that I'm sure there are people who are listening to this episode who have been victims of spiritual trauma or abuse or both or more and it, 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 i know 
enough stories have taken place that it can be very discouraging to feel as though no one notices. Yeah, and especially when the person of God, in this case, Abram, the man of God, even though while he's lying, giving up his wife in this very he's getting patriarchal, of objectifying oh, sort man. of culture, at least from our vantage point. Sure. We're like, this is what you did to your wife, bro? Mm -hmm. Like, come on. Mm -hmm. And then it seems as though he's getting away with it. But not only that, then he gets these privileges and these treasures. Mm -mm. You know, God, God teaches it very clearly. He's like, uh, you know, uh, do not be deceived. You know, God is not mocked. If you sow in the flesh, you'll reap in the flesh. If you sow in the spirit, you'll reap in the spirit. And right here, hmm. uh, Abraham sowed something that he did not know where it was headed. And hmm. sadly, he sows a lifetime of woe and sorrow and the loss and the exile of a son, hmm. the rendering a part of a family, the war and tension between these two uh children that will emerge from this bond servant that is now attached to him because of this choice that he made hmm. right and it's huge yeah because the implications of his choice are huge and he reaps what he sows and and yet the thing about it is that god and his sovereign uh purposes and the way he does things he like is able to work within all of that and still bring out the good, even while Abram just made a mess of it. So the, so the story is absolutely centered on the faithfulness of God. Yeah, I yeah. think that's, that's absolutely clear. Yeah. And uh, I can't help but do want to want to move in the direction of like, okay, so what do we take from, from this? Right. Other in, in addition to the fact that God's faithful, he'll accomplish the things that he promises. I feel like, it's important to reflect uh, on a life lesson. If, if we're yeah. in a position, maybe not quite the same where we're passing through Egypt and the Pharaoh wants to take my wife kind of a thing that I, I make sure I haggle and get enough donkeys. That's yeah. definitely not the I lesson, but there's something there. The only thing that comes to mind, and I don't tend to be disrespectful in any way, shape or form with all respect to my Muslim brothers and sisters. But the phrase that just comes to my mind is Alu Akbar, hmm. right? Where the Muslims would, say that Allah is great, right? Allah is great. Um, this, this idea that the God of Abraham, who the Muslims would also, uh, you know, pay homage to, right? And serve and worship. Um, this God that we know as Yahweh, who we believe to be the God of Israel. His greatness is... Um, is seen in his commitment to his cause for the sake of humanity. Hmm. His greatness is seen in that. I mean, you imagine the God of the universe sees it fit to allow the choices of humanity to affect him in such a way that he has to navigate his plans in and around hmm. that, which we do. Right. Hmm. I'm, I'm very much a believer in free will, right? There's complexity to that, but I'm very much, of the belief that love without free will is no love at all. Mm -hmm. And that God would allow his plans to be thwarted by the free will actions of actors that he created that bring untold woe and suffering into the world. And yet he deigns to make himself small, enter our plans, enter our history, move within our choices so that he could bring about our salvation, our redemption, simply because he loves us. Hmm. Like you see this in this story. It's incredible while at the same time, maintaining his character of 
um, faithfulness and punishment and justice, right? And, and not punishment in the arbitrary, angry sort of way, but in the disciplining sort of way where Abram has to reap what he's sown and sees the consequences. And yet God's faithfulness overrides his foibles to manifest Yahweh's faithfulness. All of this comes alive to me right in this little passage, man. Hmm. And then that God is known by the pagans. Yeah. Right. And they know him. That should humble us. hundred um, percent. When we, when we think that we're the ones who know and that, um, God's methods and plans are not about my Christian ethical religion. Hmm. They're about the salvation of all of humanity, the pagan included hmm. through the seed of Abraham, Christ Jesus, our Lord. Um, again, not to say that our behavior doesn't matter. Our behavior manifests the God that we serve, but that listen, God is way bigger than our expectations on the limitations or the boundaries between believers and non-believers. And our God is way bigger than our behavior set according to some Christian ethical expectations. Listen, I'm Jonathan Leonardo and I work with a ministry called Love Reality. So maybe some of y'all have heard of it, but if y'all want to vibe a little more in this here gospel, especially this gospel of freedom where we have been called sons and daughters and have been liberated from the power of sin over our lives. Yes, you heard me right. We have been liberated from sin. We are free from sin. Uh, that's Romans 6, 7, Romans 6, 11, Romans 6, 18, Romans 6, 22. It's John chapter 8. It's Hebrews 10. Look it up. It's in the book. If you want to check more of that out, come see us at lovereality.org. We'd love to vibe. You can join our Facebook group where we host, or at least it's a hub for the community, or maybe even join one of our Bible studies. You can text us at 808-204-4372. You can text Bible study to 808 808- what was that? I just said <laughs> I, eight, I eight, eight. You heard it. Four, three, seven, two. Something. It, the, rewind the numbers it back. in it's this show. It was back there. Go check it out. Anyway, lovereality.org.